0: Well, it's already been a busy afternoon. I've solved, I think, or we have together solved some of your problems from uh, cleaning uh, dishes to stinky hockey bags to fitness resolutions for 2019. Uh, this is the segment in which I'm going to solve the city's problems with your help. So need you to ask your questions on our text line, 630-630. Start texting them now uh, for our, our next guest. So it's been an interesting year from an expanding cannabis industry to an LRT expansion the city of Edmonton has gone through a lot as the year draws to a close many residents have called this show over the year with their complaints their questions and today we'll try and get some of those or all of them in front of Ward 3 counselor John Zadig who joins me on the phone now. Hi John how are you? I'm good thank you Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well Um, you don't have to answer if you don't care to but I know you're not back at work yet so am I taking you away from your vacation?
1: A little bit, I'm visiting with family right now, but the nature of this job is that I'm constantly working and my wife was just reminding me this morning that I should uh put down some of the the notes that I have from the budget that still is fresh with the city of Edmonton but I'm I'm constantly working, but, which means I can also constantly take off time, uh, moments, uh, hour at a time when, when I need to spend time with family. So I'm glad to speak with you and your listeners today. Well,
0: we always enjoy having you on the show, John, because, uh, and people can't see it because you're in studio and it's radio, uh, but we've mentioned before after you've left the studio that I've never had a guest quite like you, at least not a city councillor, because <laughs> uh, city councillors, especially the ones in their second or third terms, um, they answer questions and but they don't tend to make notes they bring notes but don't make notes and you sit and diligently write in a book and oftentimes when we're off the air, you'll say, hey, go back to that question. What was the person's name or how do I get hold of that kind of thing? So I know you're conscientious about actually getting real answers and getting back to residents. You mentioned the budget just a second ago. And I kind of, before I go to our text line at six thirty, six thirty, and look at the questions that are coming in there, I can see out of my peripheral vision. The 2019 to 2022 municipal budget just completed. You voted against it so i wondered if we could start there and tell me or tell our listeners why did you vote against that budget
1: sure well first of all there was three budgets that we voted on one was our capital budget one was our operating budget and then our utility budget
0: right it was the operating budget right The
1: yeah i voted in favor of the capital budget there's a lot of good projects infrastructure projects that will get edmontonians working spend money locally and and get some amenities in areas that have been waiting for a while for them and also fix some disrepair the utilities budget was uh more simple to vote in favor of it was vetted heavily by our utilities committee with the operating budget i did have some concerns with uh, and the way this works is city administration brings forward a recommended budget and then council does what we do which is we add and we remove from the budget and we have an ongoing tally of what impact i will have on the tax levy and i was making some tough decisions voting no against some worthwhile projects but they were just quite expensive in in the millions of dollars. And I took this posture pretty much over since I've been in, in office because a lot of this stuff has been through our committee system. I sit on the urban planning committee so I've voted no to many things that seem nice but are expensive. So when it ultimately came with the operating budget and I saw that we were spending more than we should be and as an individual counselor you get a vote on each amendment but ultimately you get a vote on the whole budget. And it didn't pass my smell test in the end. So I did vote against the operating budget.
0: Okay, so I have to ask, before again, we go to 6.30, 30 look at some of these texts. I have to ask you about the worst-kept secret in government. And the worst-kept secret in government at any level is that it's inefficient. And everyone seems to acknowledge that it's inefficient. Everyone seems to acknowledge there's duplication of effort, that, um, you know, there's waste of man hours there's there's better ways of doing almost everything but nobody ever solves that problem so john why is it no one ever solves that problem
1: well the problems you speak of do fit into that operating equation it's about how we employ our labor and how we look to efficiencies with humans and with the programs and services that we have I don't know how to solve it necessarily, but what I do know is this budget brought in a lot of new initiatives that were not necessary, a lot of green initiatives that have great intentions, but at this time with the state of the oil and gas sector, with our economy, with the need for building a pipeline to rally behind that sector and Alberta in general, I wasn't comfortable with some of these really expensive projects that are are, are trying to offset carbon credits or, or buy theoretical credits that where you're spending money where nothing really exists and you're trading credits around. So your question is about efficiencies. First I would say we don't spend on programs that are not necessary at this point in time. This was supposed to be an austerity budget. We heard from small businesses and regular Edmontonians. They came out in record, record numbers to speak at our public hearing. So we knew that people wanted a zero percent budget for mm. per tax increase. And even that, it would be great to have a tax decrease. but ultimately we got to look for these efficiencies and the first way is to say no to nice to have but not necessary programs then you can dive deeper and you know over the next four years three more years of my term but this budget's for four years i think council is going to start looking at some difficult decisions to to achieve those efficiencies
0: well and here's uh, you know again and i don't want to take away from the time and i do have to take a break here shortly from the time i have for my texters but here's what i don't understand and i think probably i'm not alone so When I talk about 15 crews to plant a tree out front of my house, Mm -hmm. and and I don't understand why it takes 15, and they may not all be city crews. Uh, Health and safety might have shown up, and there could be bylaws that require somebody to come inspect work. I I get all of that. But the average person, myself included, because I see myself that way, says, well, wait a second. We're building LRTs, but we can't plant a tree so Mm -hmm. you know there's a lack of confidence in the city's ability to handle big projects because we see how they handle small projects but are those two separate things uh, i mean is operating budget the guy who's the 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 tree planters and the capital project is the lrt they're different they're handled differently
1: there's an overarching umbrella over these projects but ultimately they are separate things and we do delegate a lot of authority to to mid-level managers to make decisions and uh, obviously it's hyperbole saying that 15 people are planting a tree but the point is taken i've actually been quite concerned with some of our construction zones where signs get deployed uh, say on a friday before a weekend and the crews don't actually get to um, construction until monday morning and yet a whole lane of traffic for example has been taken out of use for the whole weekend yep so there's there's efficiencies that can be had with just the management of our deployment of construction signs, our definitions of construction zones, and uh, our labor allocation. So, for the tree planting example, if you know, it, there's always efficiencies to be had. One thing, though, I am impressed with is that the city of Edmonton does run a pretty tight ship. We just have maybe too many programs and services, but I, I do have a lot of faith and trust in our workers to carry out their tasks as assigned.
0: All right, John uh, John Zadig, Ward 3 Counselor on the phone. We're going to take our first break and get out of the way. When we come back, John, I'm going to put you on hold again. When we come back, I'm starting to get lots of questions in and they're all over the place. I know you don't have all the answers, so I'm just going to say right now. <laughs> I try. Yeah, I know you try. You don't have all the answers, but I know you and I know if we have a question you don't have the answer to, you'll likely make a note of it. So Exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll do that right now and uh, when we come back, more from John Zaddock, Ward 3 Counselor. I would encourage you, uh, early in this hour to get your questions to me at 6.30, 6.30, because I know we're going to run out of time. We'll do that coming up. Now, 319 on the 6.30 chat afternoon news. We've been talking with Ward 3 Councillor John Zadig on the phone interrupting his uh, well-earned vacation and taking your texts. So, John, I've got my text page up and the texts are rolling in, so let's nail some of these. I'm ready. All right. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the neighborhood of Keswick. It's a neighborhood in southwest Edmonton. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Texture wants to know, how do we get bus service in Keswick? Been there a long time, paid more property taxes, still don't have buses.
1: Yeah, and that's the frustration I hear across the city. So Keswick is a suburban neighborhood, and part of Ward 3 that I represent is suburban, and some of it's more mature on the north side. We... You know, when we're paying taxes, these are the types of municipal services we expect. Now, there's um, a debate over if you bring bus service in as soon as the neighbourhood is constructed, you're going to be losing money on bus operations because there's not going to be the ridership. But then how are you going to encourage people to take the bus if there's no buses there? So it's either uh, take a bit of a hit for a year or two, which is uncomfortable, or you um, wait until the population has increased. Now, I know Keswick is well developed but it still falls within that uh, that stance i would say contact your city councillor but as a city councillor myself i'm hearing this and I'm, I'm going to be advocating for more bus services to uh, the suburbs i think it's important for us to be able to get around the city in a meaningful way and if, if transit's transit is what you want to take then there should be frequent and accessible service i think that's a, a decent use of taxpayer money
0: john does lrt and bus service or ets in general does it make money or lose money
1: it loses money, loses but money. that's not maybe the best way to phrase it, Right. but we subsidize it.
0: Okay, well, it's a yeah necessary service, I understand. Uh, hi, folks, this one's an interesting question, uh, maybe a little outside of your scope, but what the heck. Uh, hi, folks, with the pipelines issue, uh, specifically Quebec, why are we buying trains from Bombardier?
1: Yeah, so really good question. That was a decision of the provincial government i like that the provincial government is uh thinking outside the box and trying to be creative with this solution ultimately it's unfortunate that ottawa is not um well whatever it is that they're doing it's not helping alberta so i'm frustrated with that which is why i bring it back to the operating budget where i voted against it because it was raising taxes and not providing relief to the oil and gas sector not that that's a municipal purview but We're spending a lot of money on green energy when we could just be taking a break and symbolically rallying behind the oil and gas industry. So to the texter, I would say contact your MLA, contact your MP, but I think the message is becoming loud and clear, and we're going to see some change eventually, or else else I don't know what's going to happen, but I continue to advocate for a pipeline myself.
0: Nice. Um, this one's a little long, but I don't want to edit for fear that I take away their point. Uh, you should ask the councillor about garbage. If the city wants to save money, tell the landscaping companies they have to drop their own garbage leftovers off at the dump. Uh, that way the city will make money, not leaving it for the garbage companies to take them and make extra cash. Edmonton needs to do what Strathcona and Parkland County are doing. Boxes need to be broken up, tied up, not the garbage man having to break the down and also they need to limit the amount of bags get rid of those blue bins and tell residents to use blue bags Uh, windy days blow that crap all over that from dy that was quite the text yeah no kidding so
1: what I would say is we should always look to our neighboring municipalities especially alberta and like around Edmonton um, for solutions the way we set our waste rates is on complete cost recovery and that's included in our utility budget but cost recovery i mean if the cost if it's expensive we're going to raise the cost So that's, there's always opportunity to lower the cost which will ultimately mean that taxpayers are paying less or, or users of the utility uh, there's a lot of innovation that can happen with respect to actual landscaping companies I'm so that's a good suggestion that i'll look into i, I guess the. What the texter was saying is instead of leaving them for the municipal collection, which the owner of the house would have paid for, the landscaping company themselves hauls it off. Right. And if they have the trucks that they can do that, I think I think that that would be acceptable, although I wouldn't be surprised if they passed on the cost a little bit to the the, household that's hiring them. Uh,
0: we have this question about waste management as well. I wouldn't have guessed that we'd get two on waste, but what the heck. <laughs> uh, why is the focus of waste management uh organics and not the real problem which is plastics.
1: Yeah so it depends how you define problem. I don't see a problem with plastic as long as it's contained. I mean plastics have made modern life much easier and for this reason I'm not in favor of a ban on plastic straws for example because I think using them is quite sanitary and they're disposable and you think of a hospital operating without plastics but we can have two conversations at once so if there's stuff that we can do with organics and encourage backyard composting for example i do that in my backyard i just don't garden so i just have a <laughs> an excess of uh, of fertile soil but we can talk about organics separately than from plastics but ultimately plastics are petroleum products again it's It helps our industry, but we should be using everything responsible. And i got to say, I did open some Christmas presents this year with excessive packaging, (laughs) and we should always have an eye to
0: reducing that. You know, it's interesting, John, because that's one of those, that's a whole other topic that I keep wanting to get to someday, but I know it's just going to work people up. But the argument against plastics in general is pictures of oceans uh, full (laughs) of plastics uh, washing up on shores, and there's, you know, that one place in the world where it's going to take 20 years to get rid of all the plastic (laughs) and this sort of thing. But that's not coming from Edmonton. It's not coming from Canada, period, because we no. we have, you know, places that we send that to. It's not going in the ocean. Absolutely. So that's,
1: that's what's frustrating when you see those images. First of all, the world collectively should try and address that, and the main culprits are countries in Asia that are just basically dumping garbage in the
0: ocean. Right, the ones then- who are developing that have developed their production but have not developed their waste management.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's that's obviously beyond edmonton city council but to the extent that we get called out for our behaviors if we go to a a tim hortons and we have a plastic straw Mm -hmm. we should not feel guilty for that but at the same time we should be very conscious of our impact on the environment and the resources that we use but saying that because there's a accumulation of plastic in the ocean that everyone in edmonton should not use plastic bags and haul around cans of soup in your hands and drop them in the parking lot on your foot. Like, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> one thing that I've tried to advocate for since I've come on council is, is more of a common sense approach and I'll continue that conversation as the plastic issue uh, gets addressed in the future which Sounds will good. be coming up.
0: All right we have to take a break for news here so we'll figure out what to do with you for that uh, next few minutes but before I do I just wanted to read this one as well real quick to you. Uh, I sent a text to the councillor about pedestrian lights turning red all the time for no good reason. Uh, the problem has now been solved it was less than a week ago i just wanted to say thank you to the counselor for that so there you go john mm, thank you i always say that we're open to compliments as well but i never expect to get any uh all right we're going to uh, no offense to you john it's just not the nature of the beast you're uh, riding uh well
1: i work hard so when <laughs> i like to
0: hear that uh, people appreciate the yeah, be. absolutely, we all do. All right, I'll put John uh, back on hold again. And we'll take a news break. When we come back, more questions on the text line 630-630 for Ward 3 Counselor John Zadig. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.